From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. We are a podcast that focuses on ministry, missions, and a lot more. And I have a bunch of servants around me, all of them quite worthless. I am going to go across the table first, AJ Fry. Hey guys. And then to his right, Emily Armstrong. Hey everyone. And then to my Why are left. You doing I know. I, right now I am making <laughs> motions. It's got like these gangsters <laughs> on. <laughs> and I'm and signaling everybody. And that laugh you hear is Freya Galindo. Hi there. And to my right, last and never least, Chelsea Fry. Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact. May 29th is officially put a pillow on your fridge day. What? Why would you put a pillow (gasps) on your fridge? fridge. It's a magnet. Okay, I'm trying to get better at this for your sake, Scott. Thank you for the research. I've added some research. Uh And this one I kind of went way overboard because I was real confused. It says, this strange holiday spans back to the early 1900s where families would place a piece of cloth in their larders. What's a larder, you may ask? I don't want to know what that is. A larder is an old-fashioned pantry or refrigerator. They would hang their meat and preserve it with lard. Okay. Larder. Okay. Got it? Got to put it in the larder. So Makes more take, sense than what I was thinking. No, but listen. Oh, listen. I went above and beyond for you guys. Yes, thank you. So, the holiday started with taking a piece of cloth from your bedroom specifically mm. and placing it within the larder, which is kind of like a closet, picture closet. <laughs> and so as technology advanced, then people had refrigerators instead of larders. So they were doing it on their fridge and people didn't want to cut up their bedspreads. So they would just put their pillow on. <laughs> and it signifies that families would have good fortune and prosperity because the cloth is coming from the bedroom and being put on their refrigerator. They would have good food, plentiful food, and rich fertility. <laughs> That's a weird thing. Well, okay. it's You're a welcome. jump. It's, it's so a logical <laughs> jump to so, go from one to the other. But again, this is different culture. Different no, dance. actually, it's celebrated in the United States, <laughs> uh, England, and some of the Caribbean islands. Shout out. Shout out to the Caribbean. So this episode is way after May. But yeah. what day is it? May 29th. May 29th. May 29th. We'll, we'll so be sure right on the calendar. We'll be sure And there's even year. a secret Facebook page that you can share pictures of your pillow on your fridge. But it's yeah, a but secret Did you visit page? the page? I, no, I haven't visited the page. Do you have to leave it on all day or just for like an hour? Like well, all day. Do you want to be blessed truly or just yes. kind no, of an hour? Just kind of, just for like an just hour. Kind of. If you really want to be blessed, <laughs> then they sell a pillowcase that says May 29th, oh. put a pillow on your fridge Stop day. Stop it. All right. <laughs> I'm going on Amazon right now. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> Well, crack at capitalism. I, I do commend <laughs> you for your research. I've gone, yes. Uh, and that I got helped lost us. in the internet. Yeah. <laughs> May 29th. Mark May calendar. 29th. We're going to do it next year. Um, we want to dive into a topic that is very interesting to me. Uh, it's something that we did, not May 29th, but uh, back April. Oh, I just remembered. 
April 29th of this past year yes. was oh. the day. <laughs> kind of interesting. You were um, supposed to be preparing your pillows, but instead. <laughs> preparing all month. <laughs> and uh, here in Santo Domingo, uh, Dominican Republic, we had something that we called urban invasion. Uh, now that sounds sounds a little militant, but I think it was I think it was a really incredible event. We have mentioned this event, I think, in a few other episodes, but as we were talking, we felt like we should really dedicate an entire episode to this. Full disclosure, we would love to, as we share this, really get you excited about some this event or something similar so that this could take place in a lot of the cities around our region. So let's kind of start with Freya. Freya, you were a part of the team that developed this as a strategy. Where did this come from? Why this event? Well, it's a cool name, so... It's we a cool wanted name. to do that. <laughs> um, well, our leader actually was Suhei Barron, and she's from Mexico too. And she's working with the existing church in the Dominican Republic to make them healthy and missional. And so she was thinking through, and she's like developing new tools to uh, to help the churches to uh, reach this goal. And so she thought that this initiative would be like great help for the existing church. And he had to start here in Santo Domingo, which is the capital city of Dominican Republic. So we work with leaders from the DR too. And so the goal of this event was to mobilize the church in urban mission. And well, we didn't know exactly how well we were going to do that, uh, but we started out uh, from, I mean, we started out uh, with evangelism. So uh, we gathered together and we put out some ideas and we knew we had to be creative, like very creative, because this is the city and we wanted to impact the city. So let me stop you there. When mm-hmm. you said we gathered together, we're not talking about just that day. You had a group, <laughs> you had a group yes. uh, of leaders, mostly youth if I'm if I'm not mistaken, Yes, right? mostly youth. That yeah. were just trying to think of how to get the church that already is in the city. We have lots of churches mm-hmm. present in the city, but how to get them to impact the city. Yes. And so we had, I don't know how many meetings we had, really. Uh, I lost count. Uh, <laughs> but, and I talked a lot with Suhei. She was in charge and she was, she had like, she's always having these crazy ideas or creative ideas. And so I, sometimes I had to be the friend that says, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but no, and she, she's pretty good. But so we, we would uh, sit down and talk about uh, her ideas and how to be creative and do Doing like urban mission and um, and urban evangelism, and so we thought, well, what is an event that can work uh, for not only for youth, but that we can involve the whole church, like all ages, like mm-hmm. children and teenagers, and also youth, but then also adults and maybe like older people, and so. We came up to with the idea of doing one day of like intense evangelism, but it was going to impact the city. Okay, so let, let, let's pause there. Mm-hmm. So we were all a part of this, mm-hmm. and you just mentioned it was for all ages. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of remarkable that a lot of what we do as a church is not really for every age group. 
Like, it can, can, I mean, can you think of very many things that we don't divide kids away from the adults or especially say, no, no, it's going to be better if we just have the youth do this and just have adults do that. And this one truly was, I don't know what the statistics were. We had children there. I mean, kids that were seven, eight, yeah. nine, you yeah, know, we had like 25 kids or something. 25 like that. kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had, uh, the goal was a hundred, correct? The goal was a hundred people. hundred people. people. kids. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> hundred people total. So we had yes. 25 children. Yes. And then we were expecting to have um, like a great number of youth because you like usually in this kind of, of events we have like lots of teenagers and youth involved but this time like we had um, almost 100 people that were adults just adults yes and that was I think that's so cool because we didn't we weren't expecting that and so, and well, we passed the number of 100 people. We had over 200 people yeah. involved in this activity. So, yeah. I think it was like 225. Two, 225. Two, yeah. Something like that. So there were several teenagers then as well, correct? Mm-hmm. So there were some that were younger, but they were also kind of college age or yeah, above. Yeah, 40, 40 something. Yeah. That were kind of 20 something. Mm-hmm. Young adults. Yeah. Young adults. Yes. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's so there's a good a good amount of kids, a good amount of younger teens, a good amount of twenty somethings or, or, or older youth, and a hundred adults. Yes. And amongst those, I was it was incredible for me to see there were a lot of pastors too. Yes, yeah. was that intentional? For us, it was very important to have pastors that were committed to this event and to this activity because we knew that uh, they can mobilize their churches. Mm-hmm. Like for us, it's important to have their members, but it's very, very important to have them as the pastors because we were going to um, have like workshops on evangelism, but urban evangelism and also so they can see like the the need in the city because i mean they are in the city their church church buildings are in the city but sometimes they are just like very trapped in their ministry or i don't know so they they miss the whole urban part so they it was very important for us so uh, that was very interesting that day there was so much energy we packed out a church building in the heart of the city all of us were there. Was there anything that surprised you about that day? Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised, <laughs> actually. <laughs> um, we asked Suhei to come uh, here to Santo Domingo well, well, five months before this event actually took place. And um, just even her job of her assignment is to mobilize the existing urban church. <laughs> And like, that's what we said. We don't have a whole lot to guide you into, hey, but like, what, what are some of your ideas? And, uh, being a part of that event in that morning when they broke up. And even as you just said, there's not an event that is like for everybody, but they did take some time to break up into techniques of showing a child how to evangelize and a younger youth how to evangelize and an older youth how to evangelize and adults how to evangelize. And, um, I walked around to all of those places during that time. And to me, especially watching how the two people that were helping interact with the children Mm. of showing the children, like they were Mm. making crafts with them, but they said, you know, like when we make this craft and they were showing them the pictures and it was a simple way to tell a story about Jesus, you know, using a paper cube at the end. But I think there's little things like that, that will stick with those kids for a very long time. And, um, every, 
every age group had age-appropriate activities. And um, we've said for many, many years that, you know, Scott and I as missionaries, we're into our 40s now that we love kids and teens, but like we're going to get to a point when kids and teens don't listen to us the <laughs> same way that they do another kid or a teen. And we're already at that point in some instances. <laughs> and so it was really cool to see um, the kids come out, you know, with these paper cubes. And and I would just ask them, tell me what you tell me what that paper cube is. And that's kind of the way that they taught them. You know, if somebody asks you what it is, you know, just tell them the story. And um, they were all really excited to share what they had done. But it was empowering even a child mm-hmm. in in how to evangelize. And I thought that was a really neat, neat thing to see that every age group had some really specific yeah. activities that they were able to take into the city that day. The children were the evangelists. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It wasn't that there was also on the side people that were ministering to the kids. Right. Yeah. They were training mm-hmm. them, but then they went out mm-hmm. to tell other kids about Christ. Mm-hmm. Any other surprises that you guys saw or had? I think, I mean, I like that fact also that each age group had their own like training piece. Like the fact that we took time at the beginning of the day to actually train them instead of just gathering together. Okay. You guys go here to this neighborhood. You guys go to this neighborhood and ready, go just do whatever you do. You know, mm-hmm. I sat in on some of the kids and some of the teens as well. And what they were teaching the teens was how to be like, to try to think more creative on their outreach techniques. So instead of using uh, like the Evangel Cube or simple tracks, you know, some things that don't work as well in the city. Which um, in their day were creative. Yes, yes. But now it's kind of run its course. Right, yeah. Point. People are used to that and they're used to throwing them away. Mm-hmm. I think a lot, especially in the city, they don't have time to read, you know, a 15-page book on why you should believe in God. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to like help them think of creative ways to engage the community. And when we went out that afternoon, some people did revert back to the things that they knew, like the Evangicube and the tracks. And I wasn't in one of those groups, but one of the groups I was in that that I thought was really creative, they played dominoes. So hmm. dominoes is a huge, um, I don't want to say sport, but maybe it's a sport <laughs> uh, here. And, it is here. Yeah. Um, like everybody plays dominoes. Everybody knows how to play dominoes. And if you say, hey, we're going to set up a domino table and, and have a tournament, you know, you, you'll get people. Especially the come. men. Yeah, exactly. And so I thought that was a really creative way to go about it, to just start to get to know to get to know the community, the people that are in the community. And that that's be a good, a good easy door to open and start talking about, you know, the church and, and about God and their relationship with God. Although I will admit that our group, it didn't work out the way that we had planned it to work out. Um, I just still, still think that the creativity that was involved in, in training and helping people think outside of these norms mm-hmm. was really, was really cool to see. So they would organize an actual tournament and then invite people. And just right there, people were like, we're in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We were walking down the street and yelled up to some people in an apartment. Hey, we're going to play dominoes. The guy was like, wherever there's dominoes, that's where I'm going to (laughs) be. That's awesome. Well, and we should mention this was a holiday here. Uh Um, And so people gave of the 225 people gave of their holiday Mm -hmm. to work pretty hard. But it also... Uh, had a built-in advantage because people were just able to say, Domino's, okay, I'm not doing anything else. Mm-hmm. So what uh, what were some other creative ways? And maybe Freya, you can tell us. I, I remember somebody had this huge, and I'm saying huge, like probably up to my waist, 
a top with, that had like six sides. A that spinning you could, top. A spinning top. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. They would just use in the middle of a sidewalk or something. What uh -huh. was the idea? The idea was that all of the messages that were in the in that thing. <laughs> yeah. So each side each had... Each side had a, like a creative message. Sometimes uh, it would say, tell me a story. Or uh, it would say, give me a hug or something like that. So if it said, tell me a story, and that's the part that showed, was, was on top, then what would they tell? They would say, they would say, well, they would tell like Jesus story or something like pretty, that, but pretty, pretty quick. quick. Yeah. 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 Like a short version. And so it was, and I think they would, they had gifts for the people. Okay. So yeah, it was pretty cool. There was one that did say, uh, you get a gift or something. Uh -huh. and so they had yeah. a small gift to give. Yes. Yeah, that was creative. There were people at the stoplights. Were any of you guys yeah. around there? Mm -hmm. We, I didn't go to the stoplight, but we had part of a team that was there at the stoplight. And they were highly amused <laughs> at the <laughs> expressiveness that happened at <laughs> the stoplight. From, from, our from our people. people. Yeah, they had drums and like huge instruments and they were dancing mm -hmm. and so like not just holding up poster signs that say like jesus love you but like signs that talked about emily challenged the group to create signs that spoke directly into the character of god opposite of the billboards that were around us mm. so like there was a billboard that talked about like like the message of the billboard was sex sells so our our um, poster board said you are made in the image of God. Wow. Um, mm -hmm. And so like that kind of intentionality of counterbalancing the yeah. messages they're receiving outside of it, but then also just the, the expressiveness of the people, the joy and excitement that caught people's attention. One guy like stopped his car. And if you've ever been to the Dominican Republic, you know, that's a really big deal. <laughs> so, <laughs> like um, they were out in the middle of the crosswalk, not just on the sides. And um, it got a lot of attention for people. A little context. I mean, we're in a very urban setting. And a lot of times the people that are at those places at the intersections I, I feel like they are annoying. They try to clean your windshield. They try to sell you things you don't need. And so we said, we'll go out there to those intersections, but we will bless and encourage and uh, sh provide energy, not just ask for other people. You know, I thought it was amazing. It was, it was cool. And it showed the church can be joyful too. Like mm -hmm. it's not a boring place. Well, and I think one of the biggest, what I saw happen in that event is there were some really amazing stories of Jesus being shared with people. But what I saw happen in that space was there were people that started to see their city differently mm. after that time. Mm -hmm. And that was like That's the huge. whole entire reason, like mm. we are going to go into these urban areas. Um, but to know that a big piece of it is just to challenge the way we think about our city. And I know that there were people that just because they, that challenge of writing a poster board, right? Like I was standing and talking and at first they were just looking at me with blank faces. Mm -hmm. And I said, think about the media that's around and you know, what are the things? And like they had, but you had to draw it out of them right. because it's so common in their own lives. Mm -hmm. Like they don't even know what they're being inundated with. And so like, as you start having that in the training sessions with them, you know, of like, so what are the messages that we hear in the city all the time? And then like, so you finally get them down. And so, so like, what does the Bible have to say about that? Not just like, don't do it. Like, what do we say then, you know? And 
I think it was the first time that they saw, like, there can be redemptive music in the city. You know, we are bombarded with music in Santo Domingo and everybody's got their speakers out and they're all playing the latest bachata and and Mm. merengue. And there's a lot of messages that are just Mm. in the airwaves that are terrible messages. And so for them to just be singing some praise and worship to like counterbalance Mm. some of that music, you know, I think it was the first time that some of those teens for sure, but even adults Mm -hmm. thought there are redemptive things of, it's not the music itself that is terrible. It's the message, right? So, like, let's use music. We all love music, but let's put a a beautiful lyric with it. Mm -hmm. And I think what God did in really reviving his church was yeah. was really interesting and i love how you guys invited pastors and and we do hope that pastors don't just say oh we're so glad that frey and suhey organized that and like then then they don't do anything like we would love to hear that it continues to ripple mm-hmm. and that they say i could do this in my own neighborhood like why do i have to wait until somebody else organizes it and so we're really praying that god continues to use those seeds that were planted to even challenge our own church Man, that's really cool. Uh, I know the place where we were, uh, a lot of the women were just invested in giving massages and cutting hair and, (laughs) you know, painting nails. And I mean, it was in a place, in fact, it was in one of the neighborhoods where when we said to some of the people that were participating, we're going to this neighborhood, they were like, no, we're not. Why would we ever do that? It's one of the most dangerous. It's very dangerous. And we happened to be there and like, a lot of these women that came, I mean, it was in the middle of the street. We had permission to kind of set up some, you know, different tarps and intense there. And, and I mean, this, I think it was the only time in, in months or years that they had ever really had someone just take care of them, just beautify them, just invest in them, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, there was a line of women from this, from this neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm certainly not good at any of that. And so yeah. we had another group that was just playing baseball, you know, and just in the, in the streets and our way of doing it. And, and then afterwards, one of the youth, I was like, how are we going to transition this to actually share? This is the reason we're here. And do you remember Herson? Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's a guy that's now probably like 21 years old, 22 years old. You know, he just, it wasn't me as the missionary. He just was like, hey guys, come come around. I know, I know, you know, we've had a fun time. This has been awesome. But the real reason we're doing this, and he shared. And wow. I just was like, Herson, you rock, man. Mm-hmm. And he did that much better <laughs> than I would have, honestly. You know, uh, because he is 21. They were 18 and 19, mm-hmm. you know. And I just think this was an amazing event. And awesome. um, there were things that, that I think we can learn. There were things that uh, didn't. didn't, didn't <laughs> we can didn't, learn a lot. They did <laughs> not go as we had planned. Um, and uh, But we are developing even, a, in fact, I think, Freya, you're developing with Suhey kind of a manual that we can then distribute mm-hmm. and, and get to anybody that would like to do this. We'll have that for free as well to be able to get to you guys. So. So anyway, I, just awesome event. We would encourage anybody listening to get in touch with us. And Emily, how can they do that if they want to know, hey, I want to do this too in my city? Contact us through our contact uh, tab on mesoamericagenesis.org. Um, if you look on the podcast tab, you'll see that you can sign up for these podcasts on WhatsApp. And the minute that you sign up for that, you will be connected with us through WhatsApp. So even if you want to uh, leave a comment or a suggestion or a question through that avenue, that's fine. Uh, Facebook as well is a good place to connect with us through direct message or leave in a comment. Uh, Worthless Servants Podcast. Awesome. Yeah. 
This is an event that impacted all those who participated. I think we can all say that, but also five different neighborhoods were massively impacted uh, in the heart of our city. So we hope that happens all around our region. We are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm Freya Galindo. I'm Emily Armstrong. I'm AJ Fry. And I'm Chelsea Fry. And we'll talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at MesoAmericaGenesis.org.